You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the Vox Cryptops. You're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you guys are all safe. I hope that you are staying home. I hope that you're taking COVID-19 seriously. Last night, I had another great hangout with a bunch of Vox and Hops alumni and a bunch of Vox and Hops heads. It's always great to see your friends, even if it's just on your computer screen. I've been saying this for a little bit now. If social isolation is getting to you, the best thing to do is to reach out to a friend, a family member. We are all going through this together, and if you're looking for a place to hang out every Thursday, check uh, the Vox and Hops uh, social media pages, because I announce the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. Uh, it's at different times for different people in different time zones. So every Thursday I'm doing this. Check it out. Come hang out with me, some Vox and Hops alumni, and other Vox and Hops heads. Invite your friends because we're all going through this together and we need to support each other. On today's episode, I'm very happy to be back with Ash Pearson, the drummer of Revocation. And we're going to talk a lot about his new project. Ritual Dictates. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 124. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up everyone? Today I'm back with Ash Pearson from Ritual Dictates and Revocation and Three Inches of Blood fame, of course. Uh, It is so good to be back with you on Vox and Hops. I am honored that you want to come back and have another chat with me. Uh, And here we are, not together, sadly, because of COVID-19. Everything is just up in the air and everybody's staying home. But thanks to that, uh, we get to hang out uh, via Zoom, via the internet, and uh, drink another beer together, but not together. How are you? How are you handling COVID-19? How are you handling isolation? I mean, like like a lot of musicians, they're probably all kind of used to being locked in their rooms and uh, and working on their craft uh, in one one way or another, you know. So for me, it's drums, and I got drums here at home, and then I have a practice space just up the road from where I live, and uh, that allows me to go and just play drums like on an acoustic set. And uh, I'm I'm not around anybody, and I get to walk there too, so I get to like get out a little bit and you know stay far away from everybody and uh, and. I kind of like what I've been seeing in terms of people just on the internet, just they, you know, the, the, the human spirit seems, you know, determined to, uh, still enjoy life and, uh, and do creative things. And that, that's what I've been doing lately is like, uh, uh, you know, I have a ba- bunch of back burner projects, you know, I'm a drummer, so drummers, drummers play in like a hundred different bands. Right. So a few of those other bands, I, I've I had a chance to actually just like sit down and, try and uh, get a little bit of work done. Uh, and I also just got a brand new drum kit about two weeks ago. So I'm like playing that a lot and just loving it. So, yeah. That sounds very interesting. It sounds like uh, you're doing all the right things. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Why is it always the drummer that's in all the bands? I've been entering a few drummers and I've been asking them this question and not everyone has given me the perfect answer yet. Yeah. Um, well, I think that if you have a versatile musician, you need to by you need to link up with people who have different aesthetic ways of playing. Like so, what like one uh, Dave Davidson or Chris Donaldson? Uh, you know, they they won't always write the riffs that maybe you are completely 
100% interested in just in that maybe maybe they're not into one thing and you are. So therefore, you know, I mean, you change you change the element of, of a band, be it a guitar player or even a vocalist or something like that. It's sort of, it, it might just change the band straight up. So I like I like to hop around to different stuff so I can get to scratch the creative itches that I have, you know. And it's it's also just a cool way to make friends and to uh, collaborate on different things and like exercise your own autonomy. Like because uh, like Dave Dave writes most uh, everything for Revocation, uh, with the exception of Dan writes a couple songs, and he he help he helps me out with a lot of the drum parts. Just like sort of we talk and agree on things as it's being written because like uh he has a vision of, for for a song and he's like i'd like to hear a blast beat there whereas with different bands i get i could like ritual dictates i i wrote all those drum parts you know from the ground up and i did all the lyrics too for the music oh that's cool so there's different things you get to exercise uh with different projects so and it was it's it's been especially interesting just working with justin where it's just the two of us normally you have two three four people at least, but we're just, we're essentially a two person band and that's how we worked. Uh, just, you know, writing, writing and recording. We did everything, just the two of us with the exception of a couple of guest musicians here and there, but all the songs were just in house. So that was, that was also a really cool challenge. Uh, you, you mentioned that you, you're playing drums helps you connect with other people making new friends. Is that how you made friends in your teens? Yeah. You know, I, and, and some friends I didn't necessarily want to make because, but, but, but we just, <laughs> you know, we just, we ended up, it was like, because, okay, when I first, so I started playing when I was yeah 12, so 22 years ago. So that would have been 1998. So it wasn't like the internet wasn't popping off right by then in terms of like, you know, just like there wasn't really Facebook. You weren't like, you know, easily linking up with people and finding other musicians around town. Plus I barely had a license or I didn't, I didn't have a license in, in, in until I, well, when I did, that's kind of when it started to happen. But I, I like basically the, uh, I, the equivalent of Craigslist, I took out ads in the paper to try and like meet up with people and like some were like, okay, but just like some of them, they were just like, they were usually older than me for sure. And were like, well, like one of them was like a weed dealer and he's just like, <laughs> he, he was, he wasn't my speed, you know, um, as a person. And then I had this, like, I had this, uh, friend, this, this French Canadian guy who lived out here and he had no personality whatsoever. <laughs> um, he, he was a nice enough guy, but I was just like, I was like, is this like, is he, is this guy going to stab me if I don't say what he wants me to say or, or, or if I disagree with him? Just, he really had that vibe, like, like just no stares. I'm like, do you like, so you like this? He's like, so like, yeah. I'm like, cool. And you know, he's, I, I was so excited at that point and he, he didn't really show much, uh, like emotion, uh, or whatever. So we weren't really on, uh, yeah, I wasn't on the same wavelength as a lot of people, but when I did meet the people that, uh, the kind of people that I wanted to be playing in a band with, then it started to take off where it's like, I started expanding my social group and, uh, like through them and meeting, you know, people that were, they, they were my kind of people for sure. And that's, that's when my, uh, my friend group expanded and it was definitely, it was definitely through drumming. And that's also how, you know, I just met more musicians and all that stuff. And that also helped improve my playing too, you know? At this point of our lives, though, when you meet another lifer musician as we are, yeah, we ha we have all the same issues. We've made all the same sacrifices. We understand 
our our musician problems much more than normal people do so it's it's easier to get along with each other now <laughs> also true there's there's this kind of like uh you know with, with solidarity that comes with with like knowing 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 what it's like to try and make a living in music and to uh just make good art as well you know i mean everybody everybody for the most part has like side hustles that that they do at, at home and that's just that's just a given but then uh on on top of that it's kind of like you know, just trying to trying to make good art when you can. That's kind of what I think most people are really concerned with because it's not you wouldn't you wouldn't get into this in the first place just because you wanted to make money. Like especially metal, that didn't that wouldn't really make. That's like a bad business plan. So you ha- you'd have to have like you'd have to have an extra. You'd have to have a reason for wanting to do that to do that. And usually that would be to make make good music music that you like. So. I think all of us kind of understand that, you know. It's it's about the passion and the art. Yeah. Which uh, also go it goes into music, but it also goes into craft beer. Yes, it does. <laughs> so what, what normally we would share a beer. I believe last time we were together we drank uh, Brasserie du Bas Canada's Hipa, which is a a very good uh, New England IPA. That's that's right. Quebec. Man, you never forget a beer. <laughs> I don't forget <laughs> beers. I don't do one tap, but I remember most beers that I've had with people. But I'm wow. really bad at remembering episode numbers, but that just doesn't matter. What uh, do you have on your side? What are we sharing virtually? Um, so I like this one. Uh, it's it's an IPA. Uh, it's uh, it's called Fat Tug, and it's by Driftwood. It, I mean, what? It, it's a ma- it's like a mainstay IPA that's made here in BC. Um, I I just really like it. I feel like it's a it's well balanced. It's it's definitely hoppy, but it's like it has a very clear light body to it, and uh, it's it's a go to for a lot of people. They used to only sell them in in uh, bombers, uh, bo- big bottles or whatever. And then they and then they just started making cans and uh, yeah they also make some other really good stuff uh, and it's still pretty craft like I, I my birthday was in January so I got I got a, like a deluge of uh, of of beer as as a, as a present and so and I had a double IPA of theirs uh, just the other day um, that's really good and I got a barley wine that's in the fridge right now of theirs as well of Driftwoods so uh, but yeah Fat Tug just a, a good good. Really good IPA, like awesome. What what does it clock in at? What's its percentage to ABV there? It is, I believe, it's seven. Yeah, it's seven percent. Wonderful. On my side, I am doing La Tête dans les Nuages from Sir John Brewing Company from La Chute, Quebec. This is a young brewery. I believe it is a year old. The mm-hmm. brewery. They are putting out some banging New England IPAs, some really cool smoothie sours. They started the stout game. I'm not sure if they're into barrel aging just yet. Mm. But everything that I've had from them is very, very, very good. So let's crack our beers. Let's and pour it out. We'll see what they look like. Awesome. And then let's taste them. What's that? You want me to drink you? But I'm in the middle of oh, an interview. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to have some glassware. I don't, re- I don't really ever drink canned. I, I drink canned beer. At home, but I don't drink it out of the can. Typically, I usually put it in glass. Because why not? Cheers. Ding. Same here. Same here. And of course, I'm using my Vox and Hops glassware. I have to. It's uh, since I've had them, I have to. I have to use them. Pure, Cheers. pure class. Cheers. Tangy, juicy, a little bit of hop burn. Hello, old friend. Yeah, that's. That's uh, that's basically how I describe this beer. Would you say juicy with a little bit of hot burn? 
Yeah, yeah, because uh, their beers tend to be a little bit green, but but they're still really, really, really enjoyable. I'm never patient enough to to let them come to fruition to their <laughs> perfect complexity. Yeah, their matur <laughs> their maturation. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Let's touch on our ritual dictates. Uh, you basically had to get back in the boat with one of your three inches of blood brothers. Didn't have yeah, I didn't have to, but we we de we definitely wanted to. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure. That's uh, oh, man. I was so happy. Like, I love just hanging out with that guy in general, but. Justin's such a good, well-rounded musician. He's he's the kind of guy who would like uh, the three inches of blood songs that he wrote. He would bring them in completed, as opposed to just building riff by riff, which I also like. But but that kind of just goes to show that he you know has like a an, an idea for like a whole song, and uh, and you know he sees like the bigger picture with music in general. Uh, he can play bass. Uh, keys he can sing and he's a great guitar player like we are our, we lost our bass player in the middle of a tour he had to go home and justin uh just ended up playing all the all the songs on bass and we didn't even have to like you know stop any shows cancel any shows so that's talent right there and he also listens to not really he's like he's so well versed in classic rock and black metal <laughs> <laughs> and he loves like he love he's like he's really he's like Trevor uh from Black Dahlia kind of is with black with uh black metal like he's up on all the shit and um uh but Justin like listens to tons of like 80s pop music and synth wave and uh you know he like I don't know, he he does all sorts of just like really versatile stuff like listening wise and uh, gets into different kinds of music and yeah, he can like basically play every instrument. So it's a pleasure working with somebody like that. Cause like all I have to do is worry about drums and, and then writing the lyrics too. That was another cool little exercise because I always kind of wanted to, cause like my favorite drummers like Neil Peart, uh, or, uh, um, Thomas from Meshuggah, they all did that. So I was like, yeah, I want to maybe give that a try too. Cause like, you know, I know a couple, you know, $20 store-bought words that I thought I could maybe try and put into, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put, it, put into some lyrics that uh, might, might sound cool. And it, it, was, it was a collaborative effort, but it was, it was really fun to do. It was just fun. The whole thing was fun. Like, it didn't feel like work at all. You know, which is where creative things should not feel like that. Totally. Especially it's like you're, you're going back with like an old family member. Yeah. Being in a band with someone is like being in a family. And you were with them for so long and you grew up with them and you got to this, the main level of your success before revocation with them. And to just go back and work with someone like that again must be like reuniting with a family member. It must be very refreshing. Definitely. And it was really cool because like we started this band in like 2014 while Three Inches was still going on. But we just, we just started like slowly doing things or whatever. So it took us really like four years to actually start recording it we had written most of the stuff but we were just kind of humming and hawing and i was busy um and all that stuff so it was only around 2018 that we we're like uh just booked a studio out. We we're like hey i think we're ready yeah let's i think we got everything let's record you know that was that kind of uh kind of a decision we made it was very like uh oh hey look at that we got a full record hmm okay i guess we better record it you know so that's how that happened I imagine that you were more self-conscious showing him your lyrics versus your drum beats. 
Big time. Yeah, you know what that's like, right? I mean, you've you've written uh, you you've recorded three cryptopsy records. One, two, and two EPs. Four, four, and, and oh, yeah, we did like a, a best of thing with three songs. Yeah. Mm, cool. But yeah, what's that like for you? I mean, are you always self-conscious being like, okay, here's the lyrics I have. I think I'll, you know, what do you guys think? You know, I, I, I always hope that they would be critical, but they're, they're so not They're but they're not. No, uh, I would have liked them to have been back in the day to, to have reeled me into a, a better direction. But uh, at this point they're no, I'm never worried about it. And even like this time around, I have the whole concept for the next record, the name, everything. And I shot it out cool. to them. And it was a yes right away. So I'm like, okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, you obviously get get what your band's all about, you know, so it would make it sense me, that... It you, took, took me 12 years, but I... Really? <laughs> yeah. I remember, well, I remember seeing you. I don't know if it was your first tour, but it was like your first year of being in the band or something like that. We did speak about that last time at the Cobalt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's right. It was, uh, that was great. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's cool to see how far you've come in. Cheers. Where, where uh, is Ritual Dictates going to hit the road? Is this going to be a touring project or is it just the studio thing? We've had mostly studio stuff, but we, I mean, we had plan. we've played gigs live before. We've done maybe about four or five in the past before we did this record, but we had some gigs planned for a couple weeks from now, which are obviously not happening, but, um, you know, they'll be rescheduled and, you know, we'll do some stuff in and, in and around Vancouver for sure. I think what might work for Justin and I, we don't really want to tour because like I'm already touring like mostly full time ish with revocation, except for, you know, who knows, uh, right now. But, um, so, and, and he has like a regular job, he's got a wife and it's like, you know, he's still playing lots of music and satisfied that way. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think he wants to get back in the van. I don't know if I want to get back in the van with this particular thing, but we also have the advantage of like, we know so many wicked players all, all over the world, and if 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 we could get, may, like maybe we would like the two of us would fly to a region, and then hire a bass player and a guitar player, and uh, go and play a few shows and like do some local backline kind of stuff, so we don't have to do the cross country kind of thing. You know what I mean? That might end up working for us. I think that I would like to see that happen. You know. To, to do something like heavy MTL, even though that's shooting pretty high, like that's a great fest, but you know, something like that would be fantastic to just fly in and do some regional stuff and then just fly back home and just kind of have it be done in like a week's time or something like that. But otherwise it's just a studio band. So you shout out to heavy Montreal. We miss you this year. Oh man. I hope you guys come back. Much love to uh, everyone around JF Michaud, Nick Farkas, everyone else at Eventco that are probably going crazy right now with everything that's happening, all the cancellations and postpone, postponements. Could you imagine postponing the logistics of postponing people like that? Like there's deposits, money, flights, caterers, event people, riggers, staff, all this stuff. Just all of a sudden it's like, sorry guys, mate, don't know, you know, here's your money back and there's no work and I don't know, man, it's crazy. Yeah, everyone, everyone's talking about the artists suffering, but everyone behind the artists are suffering far more because they have nothing to sell nothing to give. There's all these talks of, um, you know, support your artists by picking up some merch, buying some, some, some music. Um, they're going to be doing some live stream shows, but 
all of their crew members have nothing right now. All of the booking agents that have been putting this all together are screwed right now. I, I'm interested in seeing how many of them might have to go bankrupt considering how long this keeps up, which I imagine, I personally think it's going to be longer than ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, yeah, all, all the behind the scenes stuff that people don't even really think about, you know, they're just like, Oh, a band can't come. That sucks. But it's like, yeah, there's so, there's so many, so many supportive roles that are played in the music industry besides just being in a, in a band, you know, I mean, most people know this, but maybe a lot of people don't though, you know, managers booking agents tms to the tour managers sound people lighting people i mean every everything you know it's just none of it's happening right now so that all the local staffs all the those loaders everyone you know yeah yeah totally yeah so everyone's just i think kind of you know i feel like the next couple weeks will be definitely a critical in that we kind of see how society adjusts and see like what I mean, it's obviously going to be an ongoing thing uh, for months and months to come, and God knows how how long past that. Um, there is no God, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so who, who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, this is a, it's definitely an interesting time. Everybody keeps saying that hey, it's interesting times, right? And yeah, it is. But um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what fucking happens. Um, you know, try try and try and make make some money if you can get back into the art and the, and all the passions that you had set aside to go and uh, support yourself and your family and be with loved ones. You know, that seems to me to Mm -hmm. be a good thing for people right now. I want to give you a massive shout out for you or whoever had this idea on revocation for making that shirt design where all of the proceeds go to buying the protective masks for the first respondents. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't know whose idea that was. It might have been Dave's, but it might have not been Dave's too. I didn't talk to them about that, but I saw it. I was like, "Hey, that's really cool." And people were like hitting me up being like, "Yeah, man, that's really cool." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." And, but it's it's not like uh yeah, so I didn't take that initiative, but I I am really, I mean, happy for the band for doing that kind of a thing. You know, that's definitely something that we would do, you know. And um uh, I mean, this is a bit of a side note, but it's like, but uh, when we were just out with cattle decapitation in uh, Australia, Japan, um, cattle decapitation was doing meet and greets and all the proceeds were going to uh, the wildfires in Australia. So that was another great cause too, that those guys did, you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's really cool to just to see how metal bands like give back and are altruistic. Um, even though, you know, some of these things are, you know, they're, they're not exactly in the metal realm, but it still shows that they're conscientious, you know? Yeah. Massive shout out to, to all the Vox and Ops alumni and cattle decapitation. Uh, super stoked to, to hang out with you again. I also want to touch on, uh, your hookup that you did because I was the sponsor for devastation on the nation Mm. and I was going to organize a pre show party at Jackalobe's Neighborhood Dive, and you helped me with that whole hookup, so thank you so, so much. Yeah, no worries. And you hooked me up with Kevin Ems, uh, who is uh, one of the brewers for Granville Island Small Batch. Yep. And uh, he was just so cool, and he brewed this whole Black Pilsner, and <laughs> there was no party. Yeah. So huge shout-out to Kevin Ems. Much love and respect. Uh, we will drink it somehow, or we'll hang out eventually. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that so Jackalope's Dive, they were just featured on Diners, Drive, It's a Dive, 
guys with Guy Fieri. Really? Yeah, it was cool. He was like, he did a, he did a piece on them. I, I made it into the episode a little bit too, which was neat. But they so so they got that you know kiss kiss of the ring so to speak, and um and Kevin Kevin's like a great drummer and a good friend of mine, and he's a fantastic brewer. He brews some really good stuff. So. Yeah, I was bummed that we weren't able to do that as well because like it would have been great to see you. And I had some of that beer because I went over to the brewery back like a you know a couple months ago. He was like brewing it and testing it and stuff, and we had a, had a couple sips and it was great. It was great. So uh, maybe we'll get to have a rain check on that. You know, absolutely. Shout out to Kevin M's again and all the people from Jackalopes. So when when does uh, Ritual Dictates come out? R- really soon, I think it. I think it comes out in like within a week or two. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I forget the exact release date just cause like everything's kind of like all, all the physical copy releases have been pushed. And it, so I'm, I'm not sure if that affected our actual release date itself, but it's coming out online. I think before April 14th at the very least. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're, re- we're really excited, man. Um, I think there's like some websites that are like streaming it right now. Um, like no, no clean singing, did a review and they are streaming it, I think. Yeah. So we're doing stuff like that, uh, to promote it. And it seems to be getting really great response. We're, we're pretty happy with it actually, if not a little surprised, you know, cause <laughs> I mean, it's just like, we kind of just like wrote it for ourselves. And then when we put it out and it sort of resonated with, with like people who've been listening to it, we're like, Oh, hmm, how about that? That's cool. Well, I'm glad they like it. You know, we we wrote it because we like it, but you know, it's you know, it's good. Other other people seem to enjoy it too, and especially people who are like in magazines and stuff like that too. I mean, there's so much crap out there; it's hard to sift through and get some good shit. But I guess maybe it helps that we have a little bit of like cred with our old band, and then like with with Three Inches and me with Revocation, and who knows what it is, but. There's also a couple, definitely a couple curveballs in the music. Like there's the, the first single that we released is a good one in that it sort of shows our whole range of influences. Like there's an acoustic break and it's awesome. not, and it doesn't sound forced. That's the other thing. It's like it, to us, it makes sense. It's like, it's not just like a, it's not just a, uh, a weird U-turn that doesn't make any sense. Like it, to me, it seems to flow really well with the music and there's a little bit of clean singing. So, but it's not, it's not whack or or lame. You know what I mean? There's so there's, you have such danger of being just like corny when you do that in, in, uh, in metal, you know, it's, it's a really fine line if you're going to go down that road. So, um, but it seems to have uh, paid off for us and made us seem like a little bit like more versatile in everything. You know? What about you know, all these guest vocalists? And yeah, guest we had Danko features. Jones. We had Danko Jones on there. Um, How did that come about? Do you know Danko Jones? I've uh, never met him, but I know who Danko Jones is. Yes. Yeah. No, he's great. Like we, um, like we were. F- he loves black metal and death metal and stuff that's the shit he grew up that's the stuff he grew up on and um he he has a really good podcast himself actually and um uh we just were we've been friends with him for years because uh our old tour manager was his guitar tech and tour manager and sound man and then we just kind of you know how it goes right you like he just came out to a show or just listened to our records and likes us or whatever and there was a, one of the songs that we wrote in the early days, uh, with me and Justin, Ritual Dictates, that we were like, oh, man, this one part, 
Danko Jones. That would be so perfect for him to sing just because it's so it's like it's anthemic, but like confident. And it's like it's it's clean. It's clean singing, but it's you know, it's it's more than just that. It's like rock anthem as if it was Dio, but like with just a little bit more stern. Uh, yeah, we just we just like the way he he's really good at creating like a live persona and posturing singing wise and everything. Um, and it just worked for the, that particular song. And then we had um, Shane Clark, our old our second uh, other guitar player from Three Inches of Blood, playing some twelve string parts. And uh, and then yeah, a bunch of backing vocalists and like you know gang vocal kind of uh, stuff. But uh, Shane and Danko were the main two that we were really happy to to score on the recording so yeah canadian uh, rock royalty right there Danko jones that's for sure yeah for sure for sure he was um we were touring uh last year in with kill switch and gauge and we kept missing um uh volbeat and uh and danko jones was opening for volbeat and it was danko jones and uh baroness and volbeat and they were they were playing arenas they were like we were parked at the arena that they were playing at like the next night. And it was just like, I mean, they were playing such big places and we're, it's just so crazy. You know, that like Danko is pretty popular in, uh, in, in Europe, especially, which is, that's great. You know, I also want to give you another shout out cause you hooked me up with Sasha Dunnable from Internaut and I had a great interview with him. Such a cool dude. We just immediate friends. You know, I love when yeah. that happens. Dude. Um, I want to touch on you filling in. For Intronaut yeah. at the Decibel Metal and Beer Festival. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that, so that was a great that was a great fest in general. Like uh, the, some of the beers that were there, like Stone the bre- the Brewers uh, St- Stone and um, there there was a bunch. I just can't remember them all. Eh, whatever. Um, but I was also I was also there to work. Right, I was there. I was playing drums for Intronaut on Friday, and then uh, and then I. Um, I was teching for a carcass the next night too. So I wasn't really going too crazy. Wow. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, that was great. Um uh really cool fest. There was great bands there. Um yeah, Carcass Possessed, Gate Creeper was there. Um, and it was Intronaut it was Intronaut's first show in like two and a half or three years or something like that. And um they hadn't I was the first drummer to play live with them who wasn't Danny Walker, their old drummer, which was also really, really cool. So, you know, I had to learn a bunch of their new record, which hadn't even been released. Uh, drum track by Alex Rudinger, who's a who's a psycho uh, player. And um, so, I, had, I, I, yeah, he's amazing. And I, I had to learn like two different styles of drumming within that same band. And I was on the road um, for like three months straight. And then I only had a week to play on my drum kit before actually... Um, meeting up with the band to rehearse. So I had, I was pretty under the gun. So I was just like listening every day on the road and just like, like memorizing it. Like I would memorize a speech, except it's drum beats. Right. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how it was where I was. I, I listen, I listened to each, each song every day, three times at least, which like added up to, I don't know, just like dozens and dozens of times, you know, and uh and the the show went really really good and uh it was we had about 40 minutes to play and it's it's some of my favorite material to to play cuz that's like right up my alley you know it's like super prog like i got frank zappa behind me and rush right behind me I've those are like my, yeah. those are like my two favorite <laughs> bands or artists and um 
there's not there's not like a bunch of like just endurance based blast beat action going on. It's all just like really technical uh, drumming set to some really good music and there's really great vocal harmonies and stuff like that. So it was like a absolute pleasure to be asked to do that kind of a thing. And I'd, I'd love to fill in for them again at some point if this ever blows over. But, um, that was, that was super cool. And that was like a neat little notch on my belt. And it made me into a better drummer because I had to really go outside of my comfort zone and, you know, figure stuff out. And because of the time when the, the window was so short to actually pull it off too, it was like there was lots of pressure, which is also good, you know? Sasha told me that he flew up to your house and came and jammed with you in BC. Yeah. To get you guys so that you'd be ready for the show, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he came up here to jam so we would be ready to jam with the band. Like, you know, I just, I, there was definitely some kinks that I wanted to work out with him before meeting up with the rest of the guys. So it was, it was already just like, you know, pretty seamless. Um, and that worked out good. And yeah, Sash is the man. Like he's such a nice guy. He's very, very talented guitar player and singer. And he builds some of the best guitars that's on the market these days, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, just like, he's one of the nicest, coolest guys I know. Did you play pan gloss? Yes. I love that track. Uh, so, so, uh, Alex Rudinger was just out here staying with me for a week and we were doing, we were doing stuff at Drumeo. Um, which is a, for those who don't know, it's, uh, it's a platform that I work on as a contributor from time to time. It's the world's biggest online education website for drums. And Alex was out here and he was doing a lesson, uh, on mental health. Um, and I was, I was the host for the live thing. So that's going to be coming out in YouTube, uh, on YouTube pretty soon, like maybe in May or June of 2020. And then him and I, him and I did a thing that will also be coming out later where we both played Pangloss on two different drum sets. So yeah, we, we played the, we played the song except we would trade off. So he'd play the verse, I'd play the chorus or whatever. And then like, he'd play the first part of a difficult fill. And then I played the second part of a difficult fill. Ooh, that's so cool. So we had, we had this really cool, like back and forth kind of thing going on. And then we played the middle part together or whatever. So that, um, that's in the works right now. And I think when that comes out, that will be pretty cool too. But yes, I love that song too. It's, it's got yeah, a that great, fuck, that groove. Yeah. That groove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two drummers. I love that. I just saw Cult of Luna. First time. I think it was the first time I ever saw two drummers on stage. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you ever see um, the Melvins with... Um... Never live, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like pretty pretty insane like how in sync those two drummers are with the Melvins band playing like at the same time. Uh, Dale Crover and Cody. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Oh, and I saw I saw King Crimson uh, one time live. Three drummers. Wow. A uh, couple of years ago, that same night, I had a I had a show with Ritual Dictates. So I I went to the King Crimson show at like seven o'clock. I left at eight thirty, and then I was on stage at like nine thirty or something like that. About an hour later, with Ritual Dictates, but. Yeah, it's um Bill Bill Bruford, Paul Mastellato, and then Bill Evans, I think, was the third drummer. And each drummer had a specialty, which is really cool. Paul Mastellato's been with the band for a long, long time, and he he's kind of like the epicenter, but Gavin Harrison is like the the jack of all trades who can like do anything. And uh Bill Evans, he would he would do I think that's his name. He would he would do um like keyboards. And then he'd do, he'd had a smaller drum set. So he did this like supportive percussion drum kind of stuff going on. And it was like so cool. And it worked so perfectly for that band. 
Amazing. Yes. At what point is Phil going to come back and have a two drummer revocation set? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Probably never, <laughs> but you never know. Um, that would be cool. I mean, there's there's so many people in the in, – there's a few people in the Revocation alumni drummer-wise. So it's like when Phil left, there was – Alex Rudinger did a tour. John Rice did a couple tours with them, a guy named Toby Swope, and then and then myself. So, yeah, between – there's four guys, you know, besides Phil. And, um, you know, it's uh, – yeah. We, we all had each other's backs too, you know. It was, it was really cool, like – um, you know, we'd be trading files and like click tracks and like advice and whatever stuff like that. So, but yeah, John Rice is also the man. Have you ever had him? No, on before? but I was just about to say that I was talking with Danny Marina from the Agonist, and he's like, Matt, you have to talk to John Rice. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he has a really high rating on Untapped. Like he has like I yeah, it's like it's it's a lot. It's an insane amount. And uh, John, had, John, if if you're listening, I want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely talk to him. He's such a good drummer, and he's he's just one of my favorite people. He's a very very sweet guy, and uh, he he's he he likes to drink good beer too. Ash, thank you so so much coming back, being a return Vox and Hops alumni. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. Ting. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Always good to hang out with Ash. Love him dearly. Such a great, great drummer. So much fun to see your friends be creative and push themselves in different projects. And then those projects actually go somewhere and do some great things. Ritual Dictates is available for streaming today. You should absolutely pick it up and check it out. And I believe that the physical copies are going to be going out next week. This is a cool project. You guys should check it out. Much love and respect, Ash. Thanks for coming back on Vox and Hops. I've been super busy over here at home in social isolation, working from home. I got uh, the two kids at home. My wife is home. We've been balancing, uh, trying to have a positive home life while staying super busy, conducting a bunch of interviews with other metalheads who are home as well. I've been very, very busy trying to get out a bunch of great content for all of you Vox and Hops heads listening to the podcast. There's a whole bunch of good stuff coming at you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. There would be no Vox and Hops without all of you. I hope you guys have a great weekend and a great week after that. There's new episodes coming at you on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's how I'm going to run this for the next few weeks. Thank you all. Stay safe and remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.